now, say now. You're tuned in to the Wake Up and Win podcast, and I am your host, Devon Pouncey. We are here at the Momentum Studios, myself, Spencer Shea, and we got an interview coming up here shortly. You guys will certainly love the guest that we have on next. He's a friend of the show, but uh, I'll introduce him the proper way once we have him on the line. But before we get into that, I do have some win shares for the weekend. Uh, big slate of DJing. No broadcasting for me this weekend. The boxers um, are off this week, and then they'll be back at home next Saturday on the 30th. So you'll obviously hear a win share for that next week to be able to tune into that game on GoBoxers.com. Um, but still got a good slate of DJing going on this weekend. On tonight, the 22nd, I will be at Lulu Bar per usual, Lulu Fridays, big R&B, big Neo Soul, big vibes, and uh, you all should come out 10 p.m. till late. I'll be there, and Saturday night, I'll be back at Export. It's been about a month since I've been at Export, Rooftop Bar and Lounge, but I'll be getting back in there with a little bit more consistency here in the next couple of months or so. I'll be there about twice a month. Um, so come out Saturday night, Export Rooftop Bar and Lounge. It is located on the 16th floor of the Porter Hotel, downtown Portland. It'll be a vibe. And then Sunday, we got a doubleheader. I'll be doing Mermosa Brunch, which has been an absolute blast to do, um, to be able to kind of bring an elevated brunch vibe to the city, a brunch that actually has a DJ and allows for a DJ to be there. We don't have too many of those options, especially for the fact that Portland's a foodie town. You would expect more brunch spots to be saying, hey, man, let's get a DJ in here and try to get the vibes up. Mermosa is meeting that need. So pull up 11 a.m. to 3 p.m. I'll be there, and then I'll do my regular Sunday night session from 7 p.m. to 10 p.m. Up next, we got my man Justin Myers coming up. Keep it locked. On the line right now, we have an absolute legend. He is the host of the Rip City Morning Show on Rip City Radio, 620 AM, right here in Portland, Oregon. You might know about him and I having a little bit of history doing radio as well. Oh, it is formerly known as the Justin and Devon Show, which you can actually get an iteration of that now on Tuesdays from 8 a.m. to 9 a.m. <laughs> on the Rip City Morning Show with, no, with none other than my guy, my friend, my man, Justin Myers. Glad to have you back on the Wake Up and Win podcast, baby. Bounce, what is happening? Yeah, I mean, the, uh, the people, they decided that, you know, <laughs> A couple of years ago, a couple of dudes ran a show for six months and they yeah. were like, we need more. We need absolutely the more. The people have spoken and we worked it out. So we've got our, our Tuesday hour on 620 Rip City Radio where we bring the old band back together. You know, Peaches and Herb said, that's right, know, reunited and it feels so good. So anytime <laughs> you and I get together and uh, as, as the kids say, chop it up. Yeah. I don't know who's saying it, but as the kids say, chop it up. Anytime we can do that, it is always a good day, pal. Hey, man, you know it is, man. Chop it up, chop game, whatever you want to call it. That's what we're going to do right here, right now. Um, but let's get straight into it, Justin. We got a big weekend coming up. Coach Prime will ascend upon Eugene, Oregon to face off against the Oregon Ducks at Autzen Stadium Saturday, 12.30 p.m. kickoff. Before we get into some of the questions that I have for you in terms of, you know, the the what Saturday means for not only obviously college football at large, but the Pac-12 as well, as we know, the Pac-12 is going through its own transitions. Um, and I say that plurally because it's a lot going on in this here conference. Um, 
How you feeling, man? Just around college football, where it sits right now, and obviously being able to have a big game like this that you and I will both be attending, by the way. How you feeling about college football this time around in comparison to all the years in the past that you've covered the sport? You know, it's it's weird. I've I've, I've mentioned it now. Uh, I know the first line of the book, Tale of Two Cities. I don't know the rest of it, but yeah. I know the first line of the book. Oh, is I've the read it, man. Times. It's boring. You, it you, you was boring. Much. <laughs> <laughs> as long as somebody in the room has read it, I, I know the first line. But the first line of A Tale of Two Cities is apropos of, of what's going on in college football right now. It is the best of times and it is the worst of times, especially mm. in the Pac-12. Back to football has never been better. Really, college football has kind of never been better when yeah. you look at at popularity, ratings, and and just the overall interest in the sport. It is it is growing year after year after year. Um, and also this year, there doesn't seem to be an Alabama or a Georgia with an absolute stranglehold on the sport, especially yeah. out west, where where you've got legitimately five to six teams who could make a run to Vegas for the Pac-12 title game. All that being said, everything changes after this year, not just with the Pac-12 going away, but everything in college football changes. The regionality is gone. Traditions are gone. Mm. Um, it, we, there, I've, I've heard also rumors that like they're going to start experimenting with, with different kick times and different days of the week that it might not just be exclusively on, on Saturdays, but just a little bit on Thursdays. So college football right now as we're sitting in it has never been better it is a per it is a beautiful year of college football especially in the pac-12 looking forward with nil because I, I i was not the biggest fan of nil and and here's why not because i don't think players who are popular deserve to be compensated mm -hmm. i think what the problem with nil was which is going to be the same problem moving forward guys these goofballs didn't know how to roll it out they were just like, yeah, whatever. Everybody gets paid and they can get paid by anybody. And, and there's no regulation and, and no oversight, no worry about it. And so, you know, what, what is NIL going to look like in the future? What is the transfer portal going to look like? And with conference realignment, college football is on shaky ground. And on top of that, the playoff is changing. Yeah. It's looking more and more like Sunday football instead of Saturday football, which I don't like, but. Maybe I'm just being a grumpy old man about it. Hey, hey, elaborate more on that, about the differences in terms of Sunday football and Saturday football. Because, again, we brought you here this week for a reason, dang it. Because you, to me, are the best person I know in regards to talking about college football, um, the specificities of college football, the uniqueness of college football. But, indeed, you are seeing players be able to have a little bit more reign to take advantage of their name, image, and likeness, which I won't sound like the grumpy old man here. I love every bit of it. And I think if anybody's rolling out great, it's primetime Deion Sanders with what it is that he's doing at Colorado. Maybe he's giving us the blueprint here. But I do think that's an interesting point that you make about it becoming more like Sunday football, which is obviously the NFL professional football, what we've come to know it. Talk about sort of how it's becoming that and what the differences once were that made you fall in love with college football on Saturdays. All right. So college football is the one sport, the one sport that is more popular than its superior alternative right mm. college basketball is not more popular than the nba right clearly college baseball or minor league baseball is not more popular than major league baseball but college football is more popular than the nfl and and i know some people kind of go like what are you talking about justin think about this just the sheer stadium size yeah how many how many nfl stadiums go over a hundred thousand 
None of them. None do. of them. There's five, six, over a hundred thousand in college football. There's multiple over ninety thousand. Right, just the number of people that go to college games. So how? How did college football, which is an inferior product, it's not better football than yeah. the NFL. Yeah. But how? Did it get to be more popular? And it's because there's a secret sauce. It's the things I talked about, traditions, rivalries, regionality. The fact that, you know, I am an Oregon fan because I am from Oregon. Yeah. I like, I like the Steelers. I'm not from Pittsburgh. Yeah. Right. There's, there's regionalities to it. Also styles of football. That is, you know, in the, you know, in the Midwest, they play smash mouth football in the West. They open it up and they throw the ball down South. They play hard nosed defense. And that's kind of the secret sauce on top of, you know, love for your alma mater, love for your, you know, your home state and and all of that stuff. But I've always felt like it's it's the regionality of it. It is this style versus that style, you know, kind of like old school street fighter. Right. Yeah. You know, it's different styles. And now you're seeing that, well. The Big Ten is going coast to coast. Yeah. The Big 12 is going coast to coast. Uh, the SEC doesn't have to quite go coast to coast, but they've got enough teams to. Uh, the ACC is now coast to coast. You're, I think you're losing out on that little extra special sauce. And then the other part of it is every week you mentioned it. We're talking about this game on Saturday yeah. because let's be honest, this game, if Oregon loses, breaks their season. Mm. And and oh. it is the it is the twenty third of September. Yeah, like think about like yeah. the tension and the importance on those games, yeah. and in the middle of the in the middle of this regular season. That's what makes college football special. Well, you're going to expand the playoff. Teams are going to be able to get into the playoff with to win a national title with two or three losses. Um, the rivalry games that are at the end of the year that yeah. matter because obviously of, of close proximity, but they also matter because if it's a rivalry and it's any good, usually it's to destroy another team's season. Yeah. Well, Ohio state and Michigan could play each other and one team wins, one team loses. They both make the playoff. Right. I, I think you're losing out on those little things. Like I said, that made Saturday football a little different than Sunday football. And I think we saw it in basketball pounds. I know you love hoops. Yeah. I think the more, college basketball looked like NBA basketball. I think it lost a little bit of kind of what made it special. I'm worried that football is going to do the same thing. Well, I mean, I hear what you're saying, Justin, but you know, Oregon ain't going to lose. So you know, oh, what, what's going to happen next? Here we go. I'm, what I'm trying to figure out, you know what I'm saying? What does, what does a win for Oregon mean for their season? I mean, really, realistically, uh, re- realistically, the, the win in terms of the Pac-12 race, I agree with you. I don't think it matters very much. I think mm. Dion has done an unbelievable job in the first three games of getting eyeballs on his program, and they've managed to win some games that a lot of people maybe didn't all think they, they would all win. Their, all their so games. All, all of them. them. Yeah. So far. All of them. <laughs> they are not going to win the conference, right? They got Oregon. They've got yeah. USC. They still have Oregon State down the road. They still have to play Utah, right? They, they've got some games that they're going to have to uh, – they're going to have to pay the piper for a little bit. And that's, that's the beauty of sports. But on the other side, Spencer, what you were talking about, what does Oregon have to gain? There's going to be a lot of eyeballs on that. Yep. And especially yep. Bo Nix, if, if you want to get into the Heisman race, Heisman is, is an award of, of two different sides. It's a statistic side. And then it's a narrative side, mm. right? You have yep. to, you know, what is your, what is your story? And the Bo Nix story of, being a homegrown Alabama Auburn kid, his dad played there. 
it didn't work out. He came out to 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 give his career a breath of fresh air at Oregon, has now fallen in love with that. And then now there's going to be 9, 10, 11 million people watching this game on yeah. Saturday afternoon. It is a chance to get a lot of eyeballs on him and to maybe potentially jumpstart a Heisman campaign. So I think from a from a ranking standpoint and from a getting noticed standpoint for Oregon, because I mean, they played two cupcakes and they had a tough game on the road with Texas Tech, but not a lot of people watch that. This is the first time a lot of people are going to be watching Oregon. And that is a huge opportunity in front of them. Absolutely. What would you say is better for college football, bias aside? Obviously, Oregon's favored. You've already acknowledged you're an Oregon fan. But Oregon, who I think we all would deem to probably right now today say is the better team between the two, which it's not that hard to say. There's obvious reasons for why that is. But at the same time, we have saw Prime do the unexpected as well with Colorado. The hype train around them is bigger than probably I've ever seen for any college football team ever. And as you mentioned, it's bringing a lot of eyeballs to the sport. But what is better for college football this weekend? If Oregon, who's winning, is and favored by, what, nearly 21 points, if they go out there and they win the game and you see basically the best man win, or if Colorado can keep the flame lit come out there, get what would be an upset essentially on the road and keep the hype train running around them based on the success that they've had thus far this season. All right. First off, you're asking me to not be a homer, which is very, very <laughs> difficult. Right? Like, what better for college football? I mean, Oregon winning every game. That they play. I mean, it wouldn't be bad for college football, right? That's what I said, bias aside. That's what I said. I'm going to try, I'm gonna try <laughs> to set bias aside. I'm going to try to throw this out. Okay. Because here, it's, an inter- it's an interesting scenario with Deion Sanders. We have seen in college football, whenever somebody has success, and there's nothing new, it goes back to the 90s, the 80s, the 70s. One team has success. Guess what everybody does? They copycat them. Mm. Uh, you know, you you guys probably remember the Chip Kelly run that he had at yeah, Oregon. Sure do. You know, as, as crazy as it sounds, you know, 15 years ago. Um, but wow. you know, the, then what happened? Everybody in college football, including Alabama, including Ohio State, started running fast-paced, yeah. no huddle, no uh, quarterback out of shotgun offenses, and everybody copied what Oregon and what uh, you know Urban Meyer was doing it at Utah, and there's a couple of other because everybody copied it. So. I, is it good for college football? In all honesty, if Colorado and Deion Sanders win, the hype train keeps going, but then what is going to be the next step? Well, guess what? If our team is mediocre, then we got a constant roster overhaul, right? Yeah. It, get rid of all the bad players, even the mediocre players, just be 40, 50 new guys in. I don't know if that's good for college yeah, I football. I don't think that that's I, good I, for college football. Yeah, that's why I'm asking the question. <laughs> yeah. And so, the, and here's the other thing. Guys, there is one person that can pull this off, and it's Deion Sanders because yeah. of his celebrity and his, and his right. cult of personality. He's the only one that could pull it off. Like, as much as I like Dan Lanning, if Dan Lanning came in and was on TikTok going like, hey, guys, I'm the defensive coordinator from Georgia – I, I know you guys won some games last year, but I'm bringing in all my own guys and you guys are all out. It wouldn't work yeah. because he's, he's not Deion Sanders. Right. Right. He does, like he can't get Lil Wayne to do the pregame <laughs> intro. <laughs> yeah. Right. So, the, so, but there, but it doesn't mean that anybody, people are going to try to copy it. Right. Yes. People tried to copy the Chip Kelly offense. Guess what? They didn't have the Chip Kelly brain. And, and so I, you saw a lot of teams fail because of it. I don't know if it's good for college football, 
but it's it's fascinating to see and and maybe maybe that's just the, the way of the future that once these guys got paid then they're going to be treated like adults and be treated like professionals and you know nfl is that way again going back to saturday football looking like sunday football i love the nfl because if you're not good enough you get cut right oh i have four years left on my contract doesn't matter you're cut you're not getting it done I, I like college football with the fact that we see guys come in and they maybe struggle as freshmen who are five-star, who have expectations, and then by their senior year, figure it out. I like the Bo Nick story, right? The Bo Nick story of like, he was a five-star. Nobody was recruited higher than Bo Nix out of high school. Mm-hmm. And it didn't work at Auburn. And it looked like his career was done, but he was able to kind of get new life. I like I like those stories. And I don't know if we just keep overhauling rosters and expecting instant results over and over is necessarily good for college football. And I'm an Oregon homer, and I want them to win. <laughs> Got you. <laughs> well, you know, well, you know, Justin, I, my, my thing is, is what you were talking about earlier about the secret sauce of college football being in that pageantry and that tradition and things of that nature. My question is, is like, doesn't well? I guess I got two, but I mean, doesn't the advent of NIL and all of these mega celebrity and personality doesn't that ultimately detract from, you know, the I guess the long-standing tradition of these institutions? And uh, I, I guess that's. I, I mean, there's a little bit. Here, here's why I'm, I'm kind of torn on NIL because, like. Caleb Williams is the most, even more so, I think, than Shadur Sanders. Caleb Williams is the most famous guy in college football right now, the quarterback at USC. He won the Heisman. He came back. That guy's famous. He legitimately has value in his name, his image, and his likeness. But the majority of the money in NIL is going to pay high school kids to entice them to go to certain schools, which there's no value in their name, their image, and their likeness. There's only value in their potential. And and I think that's a very slippery slope. You're throwing in a bunch of money at a bunch of young, impressionable football players who are, is going to invite bad actors. I, I mean, and again, just kind mm. of spitballing. What's the, what's mm. the future of college football look like? Are we going to see contracts? Are we going to see guys say, Hey, you play for Ohio state. Now you have to sign a three-year contract. If you want any NIL money, you can't transfer. Like who's to say that's not going to, start being implemented. I saw something where Ohio state's athletic director said big time recruits are asking for 5k just to go on a visit and you know, teams or boosters are going to pay it. Yeah. So, I mean, I, I I guess there's part of it is get your money where you can get your money, but uh, is that good overall for the sport, right? Nobody likes the vice principal, but it's not good to have everybody running through the halls, right? You, you got to at some, but some point have a referee or somebody in charge saying, this isn't not, this is not working well for the greater good. Justin, you don't really think Caleb Williams has greater celebrity than Shadora Sanders. Do you? I, I mean, I'm not saying he's not a better football player, but more famous than Shador which, Sanders. Which KFC commercial is Caleb? <laughs> you, you don't believe I, that, I'm do you? I'm just saying Caleb Williams is in. He's in the Heisman House. He's on a Wendy's commercial, right? I, <laughs> but, all right, Wendy's is hard. All right, I'll give him Wendy's. Do you know? <laughs> do you know that Shador Sanders has about ten times more social media followers than Caleb Williams? Let's just start there. Yeah. 
Okay. Yeah. Well, you you got me on the social media. Okay. Stuff, right. Parents, you know this. I hate yeah. social media. I, I do. I, 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 I do. I stink at it. But yeah, you're right. But hey, like, same, bro. It's all good. But me but too. look, I, I also want to make a point from social media and and how it relates to that of nil because I do agree with all the secret sauce that you've already acknowledged, the regionality, so on and so forth. But we've got to admit, and I think Prime is showing this more than anything that. Social media has essentially, in a lot of ways, made the world so much smaller. So while, yeah, traditions will change based on yeah, and, and what's happening conference to conference, with the NIL and with the success of it and with the, all of the eyeballs that are now coming on to college football, social media has a lot to do with that. No, it, it is completely social media. It's um, and, and this is the thing, and I've talked about this on my show, I, I'm old enough to remember when Oregon started aggressively marketing yep. back in the in the late nineties and the early two thousands. Now they did it with billboards, but or and and with uniforms, right? And right. it was it's get, just a get different tool. TV, get eyeballs, yep. flashy uniforms, billboards, mm-hmm. and everybody laughed at them. Everybody laughed at Oregon. Look at those ugly uniforms. Why are they putting a billboard up in Los Angeles? Boy, that's gonna tick off USC. Why why are they putting a billboard up yep. in, in New York City? Well, it turns out it worked, it worked and also worked. good football, good hires, winning football games helps as well. Yeah. It's the same stuff, but it's now with social media. And, right. and I, I, I've seen that for, from the get go. But again, I kind of go back to the, like, there are, there are just inevitable changes in society, right. In technology, definitely. But, but like you said, it's made the world smaller, but is, does college football lose that secret sauce again because all right let, let's put it in a, in a different technological perspective. i just think it evolves i, I just think it I evolves. Mean, but you have it's, to but you have to evolve it in a not corny way that that's my concern about it which i think colorado is doing that better than anybody doing it in a not so, corny way helping this thing to evolve by making the so, right so, hire which was Deion sanders well and here's the way i look at it right let's look at it from another technological innovation uh-huh. right i am I still have cable TV, right? right. I'm a Gen Xer. I still have cable TV. I know I'm a dinosaur, right? But you will take my, <laughs> you will take my cable remote control from my cold dead hands, okay? Yeah. But yeah. The technology is everything is streaming now. Mm-hmm. Has like it's more convenient. It is the evolution. Has it made TV better? I don't. I don't know. I, you look at the writer strike. You look at every, like yeah. Everybody was focused on evolution and evolution, and it's changing and it's changing. Has it made it? better i don't know it's made it different i don't know if it's made it better and that's where my worry is with college football is that ultimately it's like well this is evolution this is changing this is the new world we're paying the players they can transfer uh they you know everything's going on so is it making the overall sport better i'm not saying the definitive no but we don't know that yes is the answer absolutely so basically you just got concerns you just got concerns and we gotta we gotta (laughs) let time figure it out for us also, in my opinion, college football wasn't broken before, but I know I'm I, I know I'm in the minority. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a different <laughs> conversation. It's a conversation for today and another day in that regard. Um, but I want to bring it back to Colorado versus Oregon because I'm seeing an interesting approach, in my opinion. And Justin, you can let me know if I'm looking too deep into this here. But in terms of sort of what I like to call this week's chess match between head coach Dan Lanning at Oregon. And obviously, primetime Deion Sanders, coach prime Deion Sanders, I should say, over at Colorado. Because 
if you look at Colorado and a lot of the success that they've had here early on this season, a lot of it has been credited to taking the fuel and the motivation from the jabs that have been thrown at them for essentially just doing something different. And then you have Prime who uses that uh, those critics and those jabs that are being thrown at his program to saying, hey, we're taking this thing personal. And mm. so far, his players have seemed to react well from that because they're off to a 3-0 start. Now, a couple months back, you had Lanning, who also kind of took jabs at Colorado's program. While Dion was the hired head coach, obviously hadn't played a game yet, when um, it was announced that Colorado was leaving to go to the Big 12. And Landing was like, why does that matter to me? I'm paraphrasing here. But basically, why does that matter? Because Colorado's never won anything. I would have deemed that to be a jab because I think that, although you couldn't particularly read the future, the question was more so asked because of Dion and the expected effect from some people on what he was going to do to college football and for the Colorado Buffaloes, which is happening right now in real time. Um, but this week, Lanning kind of took a step back from that. And, you know, he claims he stood on what he said, but he wasn't talking about Dion's teams and, and primetime's football teams, which to me would be kind of a smart approach to take because if he did dig his heels in on the comment that he just made a couple months ago about this program, Dion probably could use that fuel for his players to take personally. Now, in Dion's case, I think it's interesting because Dion, I think, has to kind of scale back a little bit as well because from things being escalated, in a sense, from a football game to personal – Although that is helping his guys to run through a wall for him and them ultimately becoming successful, I do think he had a couple of situations this past weekend when you consider first, you know, the the, the pregame escalation that happened um, on the field between the two programs and then that leading to what some would deem to be some dirty-ish play from Colorado State obviously leading up to the Blackburn hit on your best player, Travis Hunter, and now Travis Hunter is out for several weeks. At what point does Dion have to kind of try to scale back from taking everything so personally and having his guys taking everything so personally and not putting that particular target on his back to protect his players to just be able to play another game the next week? I just think it's unique, the approach that both of them have been taking and are we sort of seeing a little bit of reverse psychology happening here from these two coaches leading up to this chess match this weekend maybe I'm looking too deep into it but that's sort of how I feel based on you know what I've heard from them impressors and things that are like all right let's let's look at both coaches and and their approach because it is kind of it is very interesting I I think you're right I don't think I don't think you're looking too deep into it I think both of these guys know that with the the hype around Deion Sanders and Colorado, which is the story of college football, any little thing is going to become a potential distraction. Yeah. Coaches hate distractions. Mm-hmm. They just well, most coaches hate distractions. Deion kind of embraced them. Last yeah, week. yeah. But most, and it's most been working coaches, in his favor because he's been winning. <laughs> yeah. Most most coaches hate distractions. So I think Dan Landing. You go back to the comments he made. Uh, he was asked about Colorado leaving for the Big Twelve, and he said, "Well, really, what what have they done?" And I, I think part of that was of all the teams that is going to start the downfall of the Pac-12, Colorado, who's done nothing, is going to be the one. And then I also think there's a little bit of 
you guys can't stop talking about Colorado yeah. with their new celebrity coach. What has he done? He said he wasn't talking about Dion. That's eh, not true. I Come don't on. Exactly. That. But, exactly. But, he, but he's a, got a game to win this weekend. So let's not make it personal. <laughs> and and I, I think Dan Lanning is not a dummy. And I yeah. looked around and say, saw, you know what? Jay Norvell and the comments he made turned their game into a circus. Yeah. Now that circus nearly got him the big upset, For sure. but it definitely turned it into a circus. Um, and I think if, if you're Dan Lane, the last thing you need is another circus to come yeah. to town. Yeah. Now, that's a gamble Dion's, you don't need to take. If you're it, exactly. Like you do not get into a war of words with Dion because you mm. won't win. You no, won't that win. Dude like, ink by the barrel, bro. You <laughs> exactly <laughs> right. Like you do not get into a war of words with a guy that's ink by the barrel or a guy that has a gajillion Instagram followers because <laughs> right. you are not going to win that war of words. Now let's look at the Dion side of it because I talked about this on my show this morning. Dion Sanders has changed his tone yeah. this week a lot. Now I yes. don't know if he finally sat down and watched some Oregon film or <laughs> if he, like you said, pounce, if he saw that his rhetoric turned up the volume in that Colorado state game. Yes, it did. And I don't know if you could say that's a direct result of that safety Blackburn coming across the middle and throwing a hit. I think he might've tried to do that anyways, but the volume on that game was turned up. And I, I, I think he realizes that you can turn up the volume on Colorado state. You can still sneak out a victory. You piss off Oregon, they've got dudes on yeah. the other side. Like, like, let's be real about what Colorado has done this season, right? It, and this is not meant to uh, uh, to uh, to discredit their three wins. Look, a win is a win. Winners get sprinkles, and we don't apologize for victories. But let's look at they. I think they very much surprised TCU. I think TCU thought they were going to be a joke and massively yeah. overlooked them. Colorado surprised them, and then Nebraska and Colorado State kind of stink. Yeah, and they were three they were three touchdown favorites against Colorado State and needed double overtime. Uh, and I think Deion Sanders realized uh, I can do that against Colorado. I can't do that against Oregon. I can't do that against USC. Yeah, and I think that's why why the tone has changed. I do also agree with Dan Landing. Right, he said, "Now nah, I don't regret anything I've said. I wasn't talking about him." But then there was the one nugget where he goes, "Also." They could, they're probably going to use it as motivation. That's fine. I don't think it's going to affect the outcome. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. I, I think that's a coach that is confident in his squad and confident in his team. Um, and I agree with him. I, I don't think it was going to have one bit of an effect on the outcome. Just like I don't think Gene Orvell taking a sunglasses shot at Dion had really one effect. Like, I don't think they were going to, I was like, oh, now it's personal. What they're going to run it up. Well, it turns out they need double overtime. They weren't ready to run it up on him. Yeah, yeah. I no. sold sunglasses, though. I'll tell you that much. <laughs> sold a lot of sunglasses. <laughs> a ton of them. Hit the rock wearing his sunglasses on national TV. Yeah, that's different. That's different. It, it's levels in that regard. Um, expanding out to the Pac-12 a little bit, because obviously this game is the Pac-12 game of the week. It's the college football game of the week, for crying out loud, if you ask me. But the Pac-12 conference has been putting out some really quality football to this point in the year. Um, aside from obviously this game being sort of the main event of the weekend, what is some of the sleeper Pac-12 games that you think that should get some attention but just so happen to fall on the weekend where the game that's going to get all the attention is happening? Well, um, you go up to Pullman, right? It's the Pac-2 championship. The last two teams are remaining with the yep. Cougs and, and the Beavs. Whoever wins that game stays in the mix. Whoever – because, like, they're – there is going to be a gauntlet to run through in this conference, right? Between Oregon, USC, 
uh, you know, Oregon State, Utah, Washington, and then you throw Colorado and Washington State and UCLA all being pretty good. None of those teams have lost in the preseason or excuse me, the non-conference. Um, but I think up in Pullman, that game is big for whomever wins. They kind of stay in the race. And the last thing you want to do is early kind of fall behind the eight ball. And then don't sleep on UCLA going to Utah, right? Yeah. Kelly's got a true freshman quarterback in Dante Moore, who was supposed to come to Oregon, but he ended up flipping because Bo Nix came back. That kid was the number two rated quarterback in high school last year behind Arch Manning. He's starting for UCLA. They're going to Utah, which outside of Austin, I think is the toughest place to play in this conference. And Utah may have Cam Rising, their quarterback last year, who suffered an ACL tear in the Rose Bowl. They may have him back. They may not. They're keeping it a secret. That's a sneaky, fun game uh, up in Utah with UCLA. Chip Kelly kind of under the radar, might have a pretty good team. Yeah, for sure, for sure, definitely. Like I said, this conference is looking really good, which which is sad because, you know, you feel like the trajectory is upward for the conference, but it's also going into shambles at the same time. <laughs> well, I mean, I, I, Pounce, I don't know if you and I talked about this on the radio, uh, but I, I heard this. In all honesty, and and. I've tried to be kind of objective with, with regard to Dion. He is not the greatest thing since, uh, you know, since the forward pass, but he's also something not to be ignored. Yeah. If Dion Sanders would have been Colorado's coach last year, and you would have seen 9 million viewers for a seven o'clock game on the West coast, you know, all those games that yeah. us on the West coast say nobody watches yeah. or a nine, 9.3 million for Colorado, Nebraska at 9.00 AM local time. And college game day going to what was yep. kind of a worthless. Co- I don't know if the Pac-12 breaks up if Deion's yeah. around a year ago. Yeah, I don't those, know if they are. Those TV That's negotiations a lot, a lot come a lot easier a lot to have. It sound a lot different. Those TV negotiations. That's, That's very funny. Yeah, you're absolutely right. <laughs> Is that why Dame Lillard the other day tweeted, "Is Dion going to save the Pac-12?" I think he's a little, maybe a little tardy to the party, but but he did tweet something to that iteration the other day and everybody was just like dame what are you talking about right now <laughs> I, yeah I, I think uh tardy to the party is exactly right <laughs> i think surprising surprisingly i um, damian lillard's got more on his mind yeah like, i don't know where he's gonna play basketball next year than than like hey what's the grant of rights deal going That's what I'm on he just caught up yeah oh shit i gotta save the pack <laughs> somebody gotta do something <laughs> Yeah, I definitely saw that. I'm like, ah, these teams have already committed to these other conferences, Dame. It's a little late for Dion to save the Pac-12. Hey, you know this game means a lot for me personally, though, this weekend, Justin, because I still feel as good of a coach as Dan Lanning has been. I think he's done great as his tenure as head in during his tenure thus far as Oregon's head coach. I still think Prime should be Oregon's head coach. And if he would have gotten that position, then the Pac-12 again would have been yet saved because it just would have been a different location where all the attention would have been coming to right here in the great state of Oregon down in Eugene. But they didn't do it. They decided to pick up Dan Lanning, and here we are. All we got is two teams remaining. You know, it's, it's here's what's fascinating, too, is because I, I've always said the biggest reason that Oregon and Washington hate each other is because they're alike. Right. Yeah. They're, they're kind yeah. of the same. <laughs> For um, sure. But like but like now I've heard a lot of Oregon fans uh you know, fired up for this game. And it's, I mean, it's a big game. It's exciting, but Oregon's a three touchdown favorite. Oregon yeah. 
if they do not win this game, something went terribly wrong. I cannot remember Oregon fans getting this fired up over a team that you are a three touchdown favorite on. And then I kind of figured it out. It's because Oregon spent the last 20 years being the cool kid. Yeah. Right. Yeah. USC, USC had the tradition. Oregon was the cool kid. That was their lane. That was what they did. They had, they were innovative. They were out. Well, now guess what? New kid moved into town and got all the girls' attention. Yeah, girls being, and everybody's now paying attention. And so there's a lot of Oregon fans that maybe won't admit that Dion's kind of the new cool kid in town. But this is the beautiful thing about sports: is 12:30 on Saturday, we're going to tee it up, and we're going to play some football, and we're going to find out. Okay, now again, Oregon a three touchdown favorite. You said if something happens to where Colorado ends up winning that game, something went essentially wrong on Oregon's behalf. At what point is something going to have to go wrong for Colorado to upset these teams that, again, we just didn't expect them to be 3-0 and to this point. If they can go out there on the road in Eugene and beat an Oregon team, that doesn't speak more to that the fact that they're really the real thing than it does for something having to go wrong for Oregon. Because I'll tell you, they got a quarterback over there at Colorado who – is damn good. They got a lot of good skilled players. I think they're Trent. They're a decent trenches away from being able to be a, a, a top competitor in this country. But I don't think they're as far removed from being a really good college football team as we may kind of think because they're kind of doing the unexpected right now. Well, also couple of things from a football standpoint, you mentioned it in the trenches, but the trenches is everything. Right? Agreed. Agreed. Wholeheartedly. Cause, cause, cause Shadur Sanders, good football player. Uh, I'm a Homer, but I think Bo Nix is better. Um, I, I mean, so you, you're going to go quarterback for quarterback. It, uh, I think uh, Oregon's got uh, the got the got the advantage there. I think you would have to air quote the word complete and not say better, but I hear what he, you're saying. He, he, Either way, we'll see on Saturday who the better quarterback is. But regardless, here's the thing, right? This is how upsets happen in college football turnovers. That's yeah. that's the mm. that's the name of the game. If or because Colorado's defense is atrocious, guys. Yes, it it's, is. Yeah. It's, it's not, not good. good. It's not and, good. And you look at how like like Nebraska does not have a good offense. They were moving the ball. They just kept coughing it up and turning it over. And then Colorado would get momentum. I'll say this: nobody plays with momentum better than Colorado. Mm, right. Okay. You, you When they get rolling downhill, yeah. they get that. That's that swag. That's that confidence, yes. that momentum that, that coach prime brings. Nobody plays downhill with momentum better than Colorado. I think much like a lot of other, like if you, if Oregon gets on them early, I, I think they can put it away. The only thing that keeps Colorado in this game is turnovers and turnovers happen in college football for sure. And s- silly plays penalties like Oregon was doing against Texas tech. Those those kind of um, unforced errors are what would keep Colorado in this game. And as you said, Pounce, Colorado has the offense. Now they don't have Travis Hunter in this game, that, which is huge, that hurts. right? That That's hurts. that is that is a huge, on both sides of the ball. That hurts both sides of the ball. But I think it it, it affects them more on offense this game um, because I think they want to get into a shootout. But I, I I think if Oregon doesn't turn the ball over. I think they win this one big. I do. I think they win this one big. Plus, you, Pounce, you've been to Austin Stadium. 
you know what it's like. That is that is a it is a different environment. Yeah. Than I think a lot of these Colorado players have been in, ah. and it's going to be hot. It it's is going to be, be hot. hot. It's going to be lit, <laughs> and that's why I'll be there, and you will as well. What tips do you got for 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 people like me? It's been uh, it's been a while, Justin, since I've been to a Duck football game. Probably since the last time I covered one. To be honest with you, because I've been since then, I've been calling college football here at Pacific. So my football season and being able to travel and go to other college football games becomes a little bit tougher for me to do. Um, what tips you got for a young lad like me, man, that's making his return back down to Eugene? Uh, find parking early. <laughs> <laughs> look, there, look, Phil Knight. Phil Knight has done a lot of good things for Oregon, and you yeah. look at the buildings that have popped up around Autzen Stadium, a baseball stadium, a softball field, yep. a soccer stadium. It, a lot of things. Guess what? Those used to be parking spots. Oh. So the, park, the parking spots are minimal around Autzen Stadium because Phil Knight keeps building uh, new stadiums, yeah. and building new new athletic facilities, swallowing so, yeah. those lots right on up. Right on up, um, and so yeah, you, you want to get parking, parking early, and uh, if you're coming from Portland, I mean Wilsonville is just going to be a mess. How how is it that it, no matter if it's three in the morning or if it is two in the afternoon, the traffic in Wilsonville is it terrible. Sucks. It's every single time. So get out of Wilsonville as fast as you can. Hey, you are not wrong about that. I I went to DJ a couple of gigs this summer in Salem, and it's once you hit Wilsonville, it gets nasty over there. And also, do you know anybody that lives in Wilsonville? I don't. Neither do I. How are there so many cars there? I don't know one person lives there. I don't. I don't know anybody that lives in in Wilsonville, but it is a lot of like shopping areas and stuff in Wilsonville, right? Yeah, so that's where they be at. That's where, yeah, you yeah. Know, so you, you know who's out Wilsonville, yeah, bro? Yeah. Come on now. You know why you go to Wilsonville? Oh yeah, oh uh, yeah. Justin, you know I'm not letting you leave here though without talking a little bit of uh, ebony and ivory. And, okay. um, and, and and for those that don't know what Ebony and Ivory is, for us to reintroduce this segment, um, this was born out of the Justin and Devon show. And it's basically ask a black guy, ask a white guy. Um, was it <laughs> Justin? I mean, let's just was this a response to some of the uh, racial tensions that were happening over at that station at the time that we created this segment? I, I mean, here's the thing. If anybody doesn't know, when yeah. Pounds and I were doing a show, there was a full on uh, right wing nationalist doing an afternoon show. Yeah. And it was it was it was. It was an interesting time. Uh, no, Lars was our buddy, though. Yeah, we were Lars we were good guy. with Lars. We we actually had a good relationship with Lars. But this other guy that he's referring to, he, he was a nut job. But uh, it was it was one of those things. It was it was what was interesting is like I feel like our this segment was a bit ahead of its time. If yeah, I could pat ourselves on the back. I agree. Was, you know, there there was a time when you know, as, as a white guy, I am curious about the culture, but I'm afraid to ask certain questions. So we decided, you know what, since we are friends, it's a safe place. Let's, let's, let's just, uh, let's just ask the questions that we want, that we want to ask. And therefore we can all learn (laughs) and grow and, and, and we ease racial tensions. Yeah, there you go. There you go. Devon, how do you spell do rag? (laughs) (laughs) Is it D U or D O O? (laughs) But no, um, (laughs) so, for you, I'm gonna just I'm gonna just piggyback because we we kind of talked about this um, during the the 
the last segment we do on your show. I want to say AMA, but you don't call it AMA. What do you call it again, Justin? It's 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 the mailbag. I retired. It's the mailbag, yeah, but it but it's Devon the same show. concept. It's due, it's due respect. Yeah, right, right, right. Respect right. to the Justin Devon show. Got it. Okay, cool. It's the mailbag that we do over on, on your show on Tuesdays. We do a mailbag. Um, then we we talk about food oftentimes. Mm. And Justin was talking about um these delicious pumpkin bars that his wife baked, and as good as he was selling it. And making it sound, I couldn't really get jiggy with it because I'm a sweet potato guy. So, Justin, what I'm going to ask of you here during this AMA segment, could you sell to me why on earth I would ever want pumpkin anything when there's sweet potato in the world? I think it aligns with us coming into fall season here. And again, I think it's a cultural distinction as to why. I probably like sweet potato and you were in love with those pumpkin bars that you, that you ate that night. Well, I, I think it, it comes down to there. There's no sweet potato spice, anything and pumpkin spice. It just takes over the world. Killed it. And Nailed it. Pump- See, there it is. Just, of- that's what I'm asking. Oh, it's, it's, yeah, this is what we're here for. You ever had a sweet potato latte? Bro, get out of here. <laughs> there's a lot of pumpkin spice haters out there, but I I don't I do not care. I will say it with my chest. Pumpkin spice is delicious. Yeah, it is dang. awesome. Put it in pancakes, put it in muffins, put it in my latte. It's, I'm pumpkin spice all day. But that's that may, are we missing a marketing thing, Pounce, for sweet the sweet potato lattes? Like sweet potato spice lattes. Dang. You know, Magic Johnson, Magic Johnson put Starbucks in black neighborhoods yeah. and they made a bajillion dollars. Right? <laughs> You might be right. And interestingly enough, because you know, Justin, I'm, I DJ. So I work in the bars in these spaces. And I now do a brunch. At, it's interesting because we had that conversation that we had on radio, all coincidentally, just on the heels after I was DJing a brunch on Sunday at Mermosa, which is black woman owned. And they are cert- they are currently going through a menu transition. And because that we're going into fall, and this is a black-owned restaurant, they're getting ready to roll out their fall menu, and all of their options are sweet potato options. I think they're going to have like a sweet potato drink of some sort. I don't know what it's going to taste like. I'll let you know when I try it. And then obviously, you know, there, there's there's a plethora of, the, of other sweet potato options that they're going to roll out as well. So they might be the first ones, because I've never heard anybody else do that. And again, this was... Going going along with the culture and alignment with the culture, you got Spencer fired up over here over pi- uh, pumpkin spice <laughs> right now, and I'm and I'm more excited oh. about the sweet potato rollout over at Mimosa. And they're black owned, black woman. Well, I was I was I was uh, intrigued about the sweet potato spice, but then I started going. Did this dude just turn a segment into an ad? I'm like, golly, my god, this dude. Hey, they made. pay me. They pay me, so that's fine. It's my platform. They played me to come spin it. If that's what it became, I'm I'm getting compensated for it. This guy is good, man. Justin, you got him good at this, bro. That was that, it. Was it was yeah, I, yeah. Speaking of the new menu at the place where I happen to DJ. Yeah, they they, they in, in in the coming weeks they got a fall rollout happening, and they mentioned that they they go all sweet potato options and they don't do any pumpkin spice options. But like I said, it, it, it's also funny that uh, I haven't seen 
seen Spencer get. Spencer hardly ever eats, but boy, when you talked about pumpkin spice, his hair spiked up. I've been so mad it about. A... Go ahead, Justin. It is the best part of fall. It's pumpkin spice. Man, I just want fall to be here. It comes back to our lives. That's what I'm saying. We're sitting here talking about football, and you look outside, and it looks like we're about to start spring training. And I'm really just, I want it to be nice and cold and, you know. Fall. Nah. I know you don't like it. You California I like that guys. summer, man. Yeah, I, know, I like I that sunshine, man. Y'all get down. y'all get too depressed out here for me when the weather gets <laughs> hey, to change. <laughs> I grind through it, baby. <laughs> that's, that's literally you guys, man. The transplants are the ones that get down. Go ahead, Justin. Right, so, you got something for me? All right. So, uh, well, I do. I, I do. Here's so this is again. Uh, this is why uh, we do this segment because I I, I want to know. Maybe there's a reason. Maybe there's not. But it's a safe place. Yeah. Uh, why? Why do black people look at Instagram on like the highest volume with the speakers on? <laughs> like why? Um, like, you like, know, like, headphones. You have Come on, like every time. Yeah, like, that's what I'm saying. It's you, like, I, I'll tell you I'm, why I'm I think. All, I, if I see somebody looking at Instagram on the reels with the highest volume, yeah, I, I, I can, I can kind of guess maybe what they're gonna look like. Now, maybe that's not right, but. This is why I ask these questions. Um, for one, I just think we, we, we're the best entertainers. Um, <laughs> so let me just start there. <laughs> we entertain our asses off. It's entertaining for me. It's probably entertaining <laughs> to all of you. You're welcome. Yeah, exactly. Y'all, y'all can use some of this. Y'all can use some of this sauce that we have on display in the content game right now. <laughs> that, that's my only answer to it is that, hey, man, we're, you know, we, we love entertainment. Entertainment is very near and dear to us. Um, hey, for a lot of reasons, because for us, entertainment is probably a little more aligned with life and death than it is for y'all. <laughs> no, I see. No, hold on. <laughs> it's not. Just... I'm not saying white people aren't in entertainment, hey, but what I'm saying hey, is, no, I'm... it's a, it's, it's almost like a hoop dream. A hoop dream aligns a lot more with the black community than it does for any other community. Entertainment, whether it be rap, whether it be music, whether it be dance, all of those things, we kind of look. As a way out, it's like our, it's like another iteration of a hoop dream. Um, so yeah, man, like it's life and death with us, man. Y'all gonna get this entertainment by hook or crook, <laughs> handphones or not. You gonna hear what we got to say over here? Hey, man, I'm down. To, I'm down for a platform for everybody, but I don't need the platform of all your homies that aren't here right now. You know what I'm saying? You're like, hey, check out my dude. I'm like, I will check your dude out later. Do not blow the speakers in my face. Yeah, because because it don't mean the same for you as it means for us. <laughs> I'll, 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 I'll let it. That's why you quit. <laughs> Yeah, that's exactly right. Yeah, I don't care about music like that. I, I would prefer this, man. I prefer this. This is way more low impact. Just chilling. No, for sports. sure. No, it's, no, it's super dope, man. It's super dope. But yeah, Justin, that, that's my only answer to that is, uh, right. you know, we we are uh, we're all in on the entertainment front, and anybody can get this work in that regard. <laughs> <laughs> so if that means you just got to hear me blaring my speakers on all the way loud, I do have a question for you though. Following up on that. Is it what is it the loudness that gets to you or is it the contents within it that sometimes is like uh, maybe a time and a place for some of this? <laughs> sometimes. <laughs> I mean, I just I did have an Uber driver in Dallas, Texas, uh -huh. playing the Kanye podcast where he talked about a certain religion a certain way. Oh, yeah. I, yeah. I, in the Uber, I thought mm, interesting choice. 
either way. Right. You know, I get what you're saying. It's just, it's, it's just the idea of like, you know, Hey, we're, uh, we're sitting at the airport right now and you're looking at your Instagram stories. Full volume features out. Yeah, yeah. No, I, no, no. I have I a rule, you. bro. I have a rule. Like, if I'm out in a public place where it's like casual and social, I, I'm like, don't. It doesn't matter what race you are. It doesn't matter if you're a guy or girl, old or young. I'm like, I don't let people put phones in my face. I'm like, if we're hanging out and we're kicking it, I don't want you to put your phone in my face all the time and be like, here, let, check out this song. It's like, you can text me that stuff, and I can check it out later. <laughs> on my own time. But we're here kicking it right now. You know what I'm saying? So I just don't let anybody bust phones out in front of me if I can help it. Definitely, definitely. Well, Justin, man, thank you for coming on and joining us here today. Um, obviously, we'll, we'll be tapping in here in the next 48 hours or so as we'll be both making our way down to Eugene for the showdown between the Ducks and Colorado. Maybe we'll uh, maybe we'll turn a glass or two upside down prior to the game, eh? You know, that's what I'm going to be doing. You, you know, I'm, what, what, what does Dion say? I'm not hard to find. Yeah. There, there, there's cold drinks before a football game. I'm not hard to find. Hey, you know what? And and I know we're getting you out of here, but but it's interesting because, as I mentioned, I haven't been to an Oregon Ducks game since 2017, maybe that was. Was that 2017 when we were doing radio? Um, so I haven't – I actually haven't been to a game – since then, and all the times I would go to the game, then I was covering the game. So I wasn't able to do that and, you know, have a have a good time and pregame and do all the fun things that you do at the tailgates and so on and so forth, which was the reason why I wouldn't even, I refused to even attempt to try to get a press pass to this game because I want to be able to have that kind of fun and just be a fan and not have to worry about, you know, having to hold myself to a certain standard because of a pass that I have around my neck. It's going to be electric. It's You're right. Yeah. No restrictions and no rules. Yeah, it's gonna yeah. Be I, I need that this weekend. I need I need to be able to let it all out and uh, and let this passion flow in a different way. And, you know, I'm a Raider fan, man, so you know I know how to have a good time when it comes to going to a football game. I just haven't been able to do that, I feel like, in so long because football games have become work for me. So I'm excited – to be, I, I haven't been to any NFL games in a while, especially, you know, once the Raiders moved from Oakland to Las Vegas, you know, it would be times that I would be able to go, you know, on, on a random weekend in the fall, go back home to my parents' house on the same weekend that there's a Raider game and go catch the game. Um, but now that they're in Vegas, I don't get to do that. I haven't made my way to Seattle for a game yet. And, and again, if I'm doing college football here, I'm working. So I'm actually excited to be able to really just – be a passionate fan this week. And uh, I, I, I think I'm going with the buffs, Justin. I think I'm going with the buffs. I, I, I got to ride for the culture outright here. Outright win. Outright win. Outright, outright win. win. I, I, know what the, I know what the point spread is, and I know all the yings and the yangs nah, to the situation. Nah. But uh, I'm, I'm, rolling, I'm rolling with the culture this weekend, baby. I'm rooting right, for him, at least. I'm rooting for yeah, him. Yeah, you in the universe and see what happens. You, you ain't going to be hard to find either, Devon. All right. Phone on full blast walking down the street. Yeah, I'll, we'll see you out there, bro. <laughs> all righty, Justin, man. <laughs> Have a good one. We'll chat soon. All right, Justin, peace. All right, anytime. Yes, sir. On that note, we're going to leave y'all the only way that we know how, and that is to stay woke and, and go, go win. win.